Hey, y'all. I just wanted to get on here and remind you guys about Super Sucia Sunday. Yes, Sunday, July 16, 2023, from 3 to 8 p.m. at the Rail San Diego. Nelson Castillo and D'Angelo Gogo present Super Sucia Sunday, hip hop and Latin tea dance. This isn't just a bear party. This isn't just a queer party. This isn't just a Latin party. It's not just a hip hop party. It's a party, okay? So it's gonna be a fun party with DJ Rick Betta, DJ Ernie V, and we also have the one and only Meatball. Yes, the sloppy seconds. Listen, there are a limited number of $15 pre-sale tickets now available. You guys have to go to www super sucia sd pride dot r s v p i f y dot com okay make sure that you guys check out super sucia sunday hip-hop and latin tea dance at the rail san diego july 16th is this the basement it's the lower level okay Salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm D'Angelo, and I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume. The stuff that you're insatiable for, the stuff that you find truly bingeable. Today, we're going to get into a few of my favorites when it comes to bingeable. So we're going to talk about Black Mirror season six, episode one. Joan is awful. It dropped this past week, you guys, a bunch of these episodes. Um, we also have Drag Race All-Stars. We're going to be talking about that, um, this most recent season up until about episode seven. And uh, we're also going to talk about another series that my guest today put in front of me and then I went crazy on YouTube and I went into a spiral and now I have the Wii TV app okay so this is a sickness he is responsible for it we will get to the title of that in a little bit we'll just say um it is related to honey boo boo but anyways Let's get into our guest today, the one and only impresario behind Bear Night San Diego. It is Chris Vance. Hello, Chris. Hi, D'Angelo. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us here at Bald and Bingeable. This is always exciting for me to be able to talk to nightlife people because these we don't always get to hear the backstories about Number one, where you guys are from. Number two, where the party came from. And number three, what's going on right now? So um, besides like the memes and the pictures and all the things that are going on social media. So uh, as we get into things, Mr. Chris Vance, um, you guys can follow him on Instagram. You guys can follow Bear Knight SD. And there you can find all of the information that's going on for his parties, past and present. It's every first Saturday. You guys know the Bear Knight San Diego. It's legendary at this point. And then uh, and also the Pride Parties. We're going to talk about that. And then you guys can also find him on Instagram, his personal page at Chris Vance. Two T O O, and this way you guys can see him and kind of get a little bit of a visual about the things that we're going to be talking about because I know the whole loop to them. So, um, Mr. Chris, 
let's yes. get into you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Okay. I just feel like I'm like, I'm like, I'm at a hundred right now. And I haven't even, haven't even had that much caffeine. How did you get the bear night bug? Where did this start? I think it started from moving from the South. Um, I kind of, I guess my gay years, I graduated from college in Texas, University of North Texas, and kind of came out in Dallas. So Dallas had just, the South just really knows how to party. And they have a lot of nightclubs, big, big, all, all different themed clubs and stuff. And you have different demographics of people. But I was really shy back then, but I was exposed to it. And when I moved to Nashville, uh, my first gay friends, I, uh, you know, would go to the bar and just started kind of getting more exposed to stuff. And as you kind of find your uh, circuit friends or your different people trying to find yourself in this crazy world, you you kind of get these different groups and you start noticing these subcultures. And this was before I was kind of truly a bear. I think uh, one winter months, I kind of grew the, my goatee out because I worked in the music industry and everybody had goatees at the time mm -hmm. or Van Dykes is actually what it's called. Is I this grew mine 90s? out. This was like, yeah, the nineties, like uh, I graduated from college in 91, but I kind of okay. came out there probably 92. But it was just like I, I, I think I had that goatee just because I tried it, and uh, and I just got all those compliments on it. So I just, you know, I went with it, and so I just kind of found my my bearum there. And uh, but you know, bear groups back then were different. They were like uh, in Nashville. I never adapted or or kind of felt comfortable with the local bears. My all my friends were kind of circuit guys and just regular fun guys. Mm -hmm. And the local bears there would wear their leather vests and they'd want to do group hubs, hugs at the bar and they'd want to watch South Park and it just wasn't <laughs> my vibe. And when I started doing like the annual, like when I went to my first bear run and uh, it was bear pride in Chicago, uh -huh. that was just a total game changer because you see all these different types of guys and sub uh, subsets of guys, bears, you know, otters anything and especially uh, you know at the time chasers that like guys like myself so i was just in love with bear pride and we went there every year and then uh, we went to hibernation in st louis we went to uh God, there's so many there uh bear what was it called um uh God, i can't think of the one in orlando back in the day it's not there anymore but just just there were just any any state any time of the year there was always a schedule and then that, mm -hmm. that was back when bear four and one was a big deal and then um this is before yeah, like just, social media really took over so it was like when you found out right. there was an event it was like in the gay rags and it was right. circulating and then you know your friends it would be like word of mouth yeah i mean we didn't have the internet then and i didn't have a drag queen reading books to me at the library and you know mm -hmm. teaching me about being gay and bringing me on it was all you know self-discovery and kind of um you know i don't want to say the dark web because there was no dark web but just through friends and connections you would make and just uh you know, like a Dameron guide it was a gay guide. You you know, get your hands on it. it would tell you like each bar and what was what happened at that bar, what time, and you know, all around you know, for traveling restaurants and stuff. So it was kind of those kind of things were like really grassroots and kind of a a way to find navigate your way. But as far as getting out to Bear Night, uh, when I moved out here in two thousand six, um, they had LL Bear at Riches, which was a fun night. I mean, it, it got a big crowd but i just don't think they understood the crowd at the time like security was a little abrasive because it wasn't like a drug crowd they were just kind of eyeing you when you came in the door like patting you down almost and then the dj they had was just kind of from the music i grew up going to like at backstreet and the different big bars in atlanta and, and these big cities it just wasn't my favorite music and i just was a little mm -hmm. left, you know, like they'd play a song and all of a sudden it was like russian roulette and just jumped to a totally different music or a different beat and kind of kill the mood Mm -hmm. So I just, I think we went to Bacchus house one night with a friend for wet underwear contest. And I just love that little bar. It kind of reminded me like a bar in New Orleans, like Oz or something. And uh, I met the, uh, I met the uh, manager there. 
uh, Alan Inspire and uh, John Williams, who's uh, been my resident DJ for 15 years. He has never missed a, uh, a performance of Bear Night in 15 years, 15 plus years now. That's Wood. incredible. It is incredible. Guys, this mean, is every every first Saturday besides pandemic times, but like that's that's quite a run. You know, they were all for me trying this. And, you know, from that first night, it was crazy successful. And, uh, you know, from there, we just kept doing it and doing it. And that bar was just, uh, it was a lot of fun, but, you know, like it was pretty notorious for uh, the power, like breakers going out and stuff. Like the power would just cut off in the sound and oh, people geez. would just scream and stuff. And even uh, Nelson was just a young little lad back, a little uh, skinny little fella, but just such a good heart up on that, on the box dancing and stuff. So he used to stay on my mm -hmm. sofa and, uh, you know, during Bear Night, he's like, I'm not sure if he lived here. He may have lived in LA at the time. I think I'm he lived sure in LA, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would come down, and uh, you know, back then you didn't really have a lot of bears, and, and San Diego was a more conservative town, so it's hard to find people to dance. So you'd find these younger guys they, uh, to dance, and uh, but Nelson was a regular back then, and uh, even a model for me, and um, mm -hmm. and then it just kind of grew from there, and just I think all of a sudden uh, that bar got sold. The owner sold it to someone else, and of course what am I going to do? So I think Alan had ended up going over to work at a box at a numbers. And so mm -hmm. it kind of opened the door to meet Nick at numbers and, uh, moved there. And we, you know, the first, the first month, this was after the, this is the fourth year of bear night. We, uh, the first night we did it. I just want to do the one side. Just, I, I was always hesitant about having too big a space. I always want to keep it intimate and make it because, because at Bacchus house, it was always nuts to butts. I mean, it was always crazy packed and uh and so I sweaty to that. and like everybody yeah. was just like on top of each other because it was and that's because they didn't have a different time probably yeah uh -huh. <laughs> but the but yeah before COVID and the energy I just want to make sure that I always it's all about the energy and keeping it contained you know and, and grow the space so that first of course after the first month it was packed um you know so I took over the whole bar so basically both mm -hmm. sides were open and that opened up the opportunity to have a lot of guest DJs because John Williams had been my resident DJ since the beginning and uh just incredible cool. dj that just knows how to read a crowd and get people on the dance floor and you know just creates a mood and sets a mood and just just a, a lovable guy he's super super great guy and uh but i was able to bring on like uh, ryan jones and then young mateo back in the day um uh he he started spinning i remember the first time meeting him at a little smaller event and i said i want to have you at bear night so he's really excited just seeing his growth i mean he's he's amating i haven't seen him in a few years but uh he's now Trixie Mattel doing the pink parties and yeah, Australia yeah, no, and all these other things. He he's yeah. he's Trixie Mattel's drag mom when it comes to DJing. Yeah. That's what oh, she like well, considers him. <laughs> yeah, I, of I, like I you, love Mattel. And uh, I mean, there were so many other DJs. You know, DJ Candy would come down from uh, LA, and that uh, was just a great mm -hmm. time to show to have two different genres of music playing. Where John had the big room, and then we had the guest DJ. And that went on, you know, for what, five years. And then uh, obviously numbers got sold. And at the time, um, another bear event had uh, jumped ship on an annual or a quarterly event and went to uh, Moe's. And I just knew, I knew that wasn't going to work out. For some reason, Moe's is just not the right venue. But For a bear um, party, yeah. Correct. It's just because you're dealing with a restaurant, it's a totally different vibe. So it's just kind of hard to, to, to define what the night is there. Uh, but I, I jumped on... I jumped on uh, the marrow and I started doing subwoofer and subwoofer was a, a quarterly party just to kind of secure that space and, and build that relationship. And then, you know, finally kind of, I kind of was had taken wind or knew that numbers was possibly, that was a rumor that was going to be closing. So I kind of needed to find another place because, you know, as you know, San Diego's 
not a lot of opportunity for big spaces there. And, uh, you know, we've, we've lost, lost a, a lot to a lot of bars. Yeah. In the most recent years, because numbers closed Bacchus house, like, as you say, you know, they, they closed, they were in North park. We don't have, um, bourbon street any longer. That's now a place called park and rec and whatnot. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, um, the flame. this is one of those reasons why people go support your gay spaces in town. Yes. You guys love the apps and everything else, but there is a different, uh, energy and a different, community that you have when you actually come together in a gay space and we need to keep those places like popping and thriving and so why call it bear night you know what i mean why why be so literal and so like i i know? think at the time i mean i think uh i wish i had come up with a more creative name but at the time everything <laughs> was bear pride bear this bear you know bear something and i felt literally it, it was what it was and it just felt like bear night was just kind of what I came up with. I don't know. I, I, I love other names like Barracuda and these other really cool names. And I, you know, I, I came up with Farageous uh, for the pride party, but for, for some reason, Bear Night is what happened. And I think it's been, uh, you know, it's obviously memorable, but it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's very uh, straight to the point. And then back then that's all it needed to be, you know, now there's so much diversity. Was it, was it your first like thing that you had in your head? You were just like, we're just going to have Bear Night. That, that's it. This is it. This yeah. Is what... it, that's what I do. Like, it, was one, it was well. I didn't even know if it was going to happen. You know, I didn't realize mm -hmm. it would have the longevity that it did. So to have it that first that night, and at the end of the night, they're like, "Oh my god, let's do this every night." I'm like, "Well, you know, I didn't want it to be unspecial. You know, something like, too much of a good thing uh, is not a great thing. Uh, you know, long long term." But it was what it was. I, you know, I stuck with it, um, and you know, the next month from there, you know, the rest is history, mm -hmm. as Paul likes to say. My experience with Bear Night is one that. Um, it's consistent. You know what I mean? It's like one of those nights that you know you're gonna have a good time. The music's gonna be good. You know, the vibe is there. And since it's so regular that we see like an influx of like people in San Diego that you don't see anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like they don't come out of the house to go like do regular things. You don't see them at Moe's at the drag shows. You don't see them at Riches. You don't see them at Flicks. But you see a certain, you know... Uh, contingent of man, so to speak, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> that <Right>. comes <laughs> comes to like a bear night party. So it's fun, you know what I mean? And um, it's always a, a super packed event. And it's always a, it's a night that you know that um, like when people are coming in from out of town, and they're like, okay, what are we doing, you know, on this Saturday night? And I'm like, well, bear night, it's the thing that you need to go do. It's over at the Marrow. Uh, it's got it's it's got a lot of space now, especially with the outdoor parking lot um, patio party that you can basically have now, too, in addition to the indoors. It, and uh, it's just one of those things, I think that, you know, it's um it's commendable to you guys that you guys have like kept it going and that you guys didn't fold when venues didn't keep themselves open, that you guys found another solution, even though like, you know. I know that we have a lot of people that I hear around that will be like, oh, well, we miss numbers so much, but numbers isn't here and the party's still going on. It's over at the Marrow. And then what I think what's also happened too is that Marrow has um, expanded on how they can uh, hold and the capacity and whatnot. So now you guys have the outdoor um, parking lot party that basically happens out there with burgers and whatnot. And it's just like another atmosphere. So if you don't want to be right on the dance floor in the sweaty room and that kind of a thing, you guys can push yourselves outside. There's a bar area. And then there's also just the infamous dance floor that is just, just go enjoy the dance floor. We don't have to talk about it. It's just a good dance floor to be on. <laughs> so <laughs> Now there's been 
um, I don't know if it's controversy. I don't know what is going on, but um, the whole pre-sale situation that is going on with Bear Night. So let's answer some questions because people have them. And what happened to pre-sales? <laughs> well, you know, pre-sales was like a thing back in the day where I kind of, we sold, I sold them. I put them on the event, like you can buy them. But, you know, it was kind of like we'd sell 30, you know, 40. It really wasn't a big deal. And then I think after the pandemic, it became like, that first night back in the pandemic, I wasn't sure after a year of taking taking a year off that you know mm -hmm. we were going to have that kind of craziness that we were you know prior prior to the event. But I mean, since the pandemic, it's just uh, the guys have been thirsty, you know, to get back to the norm, to feel like they're part of something again, and get back to a great night with great music and and a great crowd of friendly friendly people. And so we started, you know, the the pre sale tickets started taking off again. So I started adding more tickets to it, and you know, I think I was originally selling like two hundred tickets online which when you sell 250 tickets, that doesn't leave much at the door, you know, for mm -hmm. people to buy as far as meeting capacity. And that's been the most important thing is safety. Like, yeah, we could cram people in, but it, it changes the night where it's not comfortable to get around. It, it becomes, a, you know, it could become a safety thing if something ever happened, you know, with uh, whatever could happen. It's just being responsible to what the fire code is and what the owner is willing to do. Um, but since then, you know, I dropped it down to 100. So we have more people. I want to get more opportunity for people to get in. And a lot of people are complaining, like, why are we in line if there's nobody inside? But we had to sell. We had to save those 100, those 200 spots for those people to, to be able to walk in at 11 mm -hmm. o'clock. And that was a problem. Most people were going somewhere earlier. So when I dropped it down to 100, made things better, but it's still kind of, uh, it started creating, it created a line, but then, you know, either it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like people want to get, they want a ticket to get in, but then sometimes they don't get that opportunity. So it became very frustrating for people. And so I thought, well, let's just try to do it without the uh, pre-sale tickets. And the last time we did the pre, the last time I did the pre-sale tickets, we sold a hundred tickets in 18, 18 minutes. I mean, it was completely Jesus. like bonkers. So it's just kind of like, you know, since it did away with it, it's been much less stressful for us. It's been easier, you know, not maybe for the customer, but the line is like, you know, now the line's at eight o'clock. We start selling tickets at nine o'clock, but we have a line down to Richmond, like a you know, block down that wraps around the corner by 830, you know, in the, at nine. And I don't want to see people in the street. I don't want to see people inside having a good time, but it just kind of like gives everybody a fair chance to get in. Uh, the line, you know, we do get people in, but now we can move, you know, 250 people in right up from the get-go. So that line gets depleted pretty quick. And if most people are in by 11, 30, 12, like some people may leave the line. They don't want to wait that long, but go drink somewhere else first and then come there. If you're back at 11, 30, 12, we, everybody's pretty much in by 12. Like I'll walk out at 12, like where's everybody at? They go, well, we pretty much got everybody in. So uh, that's kind of the secret. You either get there really early where you get a good chance or wait a little bit and then come in where it's easier. But now that we have so many people getting there at nine o'clock early, they're drinking more and sometimes they tend to leave out earlier. They've been drinking somewhere else or they've, they've yeah. met their capacity or they, you know, they, they move on, but it's most definitely uh, the problem is, you know, San Diego just doesn't have spaces. You know, we're losing a lot of our spaces. Well, it's, and that also, was it's, it's San Diego. And the thing is, is it's so difficult to get people to leave the house. Number one, right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, right. you know, cause it's beautiful here. You've been out all day at the beach. You were at some patio party. You did all this, you know, and then, you're going to go out, you know, for, for a night on the town. So it does make sense. So you guys take a look. Okay. Now, Chris, is there a hint to when you drop those hundred tickets? Like when did that, when does that go on sale? Well, that's, that's what stopped like three months ago. We stopped doing the hundred tickets just because, because of that, like just let the, rather than people. So there is tickets, no more presale at all. 
for now there's not i mean it's been kind of okay. a test thing but i felt like it's working but i have i have these vips that really want the tickets but it's kind of hard for me to sell any kind of tickets unless someone through the line I, I i think it's all about optics i just i you know everybody's vip to me and everybody's a bff when they want to get into the club but i just so you know, the everybody that, gets an even an even playing field then so it's essentially right. it's get there earlier get there later so what it is people is is that you what was happening is is that he was selling 100 250 pre-sale tickets and then he gets a line at the door and then now we're post COVID. So you don't know if people are just staying out because it's nice. Cause it's San Diego, maybe they don't feel good and they're still holding on to a ticket. So they're never going to show up that night. So they're just holding on to club space. And so now everybody who wants to get into the party that physically shows up is going to have a chance to actually get in now. And so I think it makes complete sense. And so um it's old school days you guys the thing is and most people who go to this party i think are my age <laughs> you know what i mean like i think that you know and so we remember the times of going to the club waiting in line for a minute get your stamp then go take a run off or whatever you're gonna go do or stick around have some fun so it completely makes sense now tell us a little bit about because the thing that does have pre-sale tickets is pride okay and so bear knight has bear knight now has evolved and um what is going on with our pride tickets and everything how can we find all that stuff well pride you kind of have three in a row in, in july so pride uh july 1st will be bear night our every first saturday of the month rain snow or shine we've always had it just because the holiday is a different day we our first Saturday of the month is our day to have it. So we have Chris, July. Snow means a different thing in San Diego. You can't say snow in yeah. San Diego. It doesn't mean the same thing. It's not yeah, a weather I guess, thing. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, that might make a better night. But uh, anyway, the first <laughs> July 1st will be uh, the next bear night that's uh, out that will be available that night. And then uh, Subwoofer is our uh, is my second night. Or the, it's basically the Friday night, July 14th uh, of Pride. And that's kind of like bear night. It's kind of the fact that same kind of, you know, the, we don't grow space. We used to before the business, uh, uh, before the wine company moved in, they've kind of taken over half the parking lot lounge. So we, you know, our space is limited, but we're very fortunate to have this beautiful outdoor space. And Paul Smith, the owner, uh, has done an amazing job with supporting bear night. And, uh, but we basically the same thing. Like those pre-sale tickets are gone. I, I did sell, I want to sell for pride. Some people come in from out of town and people you know, love that party. But the uh, same thing, I, 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 I cut it off. So there are at least 100 tickets that will be available at 8 o'clock. So and then as the night progresses, there'll be more tickets, but we'll get people in. But it'll, it'll be kind of like a bear night, but on steroids. And Here's your hint, people. So you guys know that that block party happens literally steps away from the marrow. So if you guys are out and about that afternoon, Prance yourself on over to the marrow at eight o'clock and get yourself in. There you yeah, go. Get in line. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's, that'll be a fun night. And then the next night is for rages and for rages, uh, you know, started over at, at Bacchus house. It was there while we did bear night it was the pride party during, uh, during pride, uh, at Bac I'm sorry, at numbers. And then from there we did, uh, we had one, uh, one year at another venue. And now we've been, this will be our fourth year at the music box in little Italy. And it's just amazing live music and venue uh, with three levels. So we've got like the main dance floor level. We've got a mezzanine level with uh, opera boxes that are all sold out. And then we've got a third level where all the uh, kind of the uh, hangout bar is. And there's a balcony that's uh, open till like, I believe, midnight. And then we also have a, like a lounge that uh, we uh, offer um, for that specific one. We have like an open bar or, or hosted bar. Sorry, a hosted bar 
that people can upgrade their ticket to. And basically they have kind of unlimited drinking from like nine to two, like one thirty. and there's premium drinks in there. It's not just well stuff. So it's a really nice place. It's a beautiful lounge. We only limit that to 110 spots. So uh, it's not a place people hang out the whole night. They go in there, they chill, they get their drinks and they come back out, but it's just, a, there, it's is, any that, is any of that still available? Those are available. We've probably got okay. uh, 40, 50 maybe of those. I, I haven't looked at the numbers today, but but so we're get over 50. Get your, get your friends together, guys. Sold out, right? Yeah, there is one VIP. Friends. There's one. We actually opened up the VIP tables on the dance floor. So there's like, I think, six tables that, uh, on the dance floor. So you have a, a space down there as well now. Uh, there's one table left in that that uh, genre. And you can uh, buy it on Eventbrite or you can book it. You can call um, Music Box directly and save a little. You don't have to pay the booking fee. So if you want that last table, it's available. It'll be gone by that night for sure, if not sooner. Um, well, but, it's going to be gone after they hear this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, stuff there, there, there's, you know, we still got general admission, and then they'll have, you know, so many tickets, 100 tickets, 150 tickets at the door, just depending on the crowd and stuff that night. But that is an incredible venue. You know, John Williams tears it up. We bring, I bring all the lasers in for Bear Night. So I have like six lasers. We have uh, spider lights. We have moving heads. We have so much stuff we that I've invested in the Bear Night that's only used for Bear Night at the Mara. So I, we bring all this down. I just had a new go go box made so we can feature you know, our six go go dancers that we have at Courageous will be highlighted be better in your face, boys. In, your, be crowd. in your face, exactly. <laughs> but but Courageous is just an amazing experience, and it just those nights happen so fast. I mean, I love walking around. Last year, I was probably stayed a little more in the back just because of COVID. I was being a little playing a little safe, but this year, I want to be amongst the people, and uh, it's just an amazing time. And if you haven't been, you got to you got to experience. And if you've been before, I mean, I, it, ask your friends because it, it's it's well received and it's uh, it's a great event. It's one of the good ones, guys. I've said it before that I'm actually uh, Chris brought me on for I'm part of the team this year, you guys. And it's not just I'm not just gonna be shaking my bits. I'm actually part of like a team. So it's a whole thing. Business, business, business. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. And so now we have to get into what the show is about. Our our bingeable. What what's going on? So we're gonna go into our ten self indulgent questions, and these are topics that I wanted to talk about, and so I make my guests talk about them. So this week. My first question that I have for you, Mr. Chris Vance, and it's because of this being Pride Month, and I usually do the ask this question, but it's usually buried in, in, but it's, um, do you have a favorite Pride memory, like past, new, old, something that just jumps out at you? Um, I think most Pride memories are pretty favorable. I feel like sometimes they um, become deja vus, like when you go to like our Pride event, like, you know, that the loop, you walk around, like, okay, it's mm -hmm. everything's kind of the same spot. I like it when they switch things around a stage or moving around just to make it different. I know I used to go to Long Beach's Pride and, you know, you'd miss it for five years and then you'd come back and it was like, oh, like it was, it was just a deja vu. I, I think for my Pride, I, I mean, obviously the, the, the courageous Pride parties are all memorable. I think uh, there was one that was less memorable at a, a venue like four years ago, five years ago. But since it moved to Music Box, it's just been a magical place. And it, the night just happens too fast for me to take it all in. I mean, it's such a gorgeous venue. There's three levels. We've got the, uh, the, the main dance floor and an incredible sound system because it's a live venue uh, location. Um, and it's just it's just nice to see that many people coming out for for pride and celebrating and I see the same faces. And I see faces that sometimes people have moved away and they come back. So it's just, it's, it's just, it's just kind of like a homecoming, I guess, when you really see everybody and they're all there for the right reasons and the same reason of just celebrating each other, celebrating life. I mean, we've gone through so many crazy uh, 
the past few years have been so crazy with COVID and, and presidential elections and just all this hate and, uh, you know, anti-transsexual and anti-drag queen. And, you know, it's just nice to have that space to kind of come back to. And I feel like mm -hmm. I just kind of, I can, I can read, I can remember, you know, walking through there and just seeing happy people and people are always so thankful about the event and stuff, but, but that's great. And I think just, uh, you know, another one would be probably with, uh, Steve and my partner where we, uh, you know, well, Sunday's kind of my day to have fun because it's Friday and Saturday of work nights. But yeah. I just remember us going to TLC, you know, at the San Diego pride, that, that concert on Sunday night and us being able to get food and, and be able to relax or even go on Sunday to riches and, and dancing outside with our friends and stuff, because I see them on the, the nighttime, but it's a different experience when you're immersed and you're not responsible for anything, but yeah. it was definitely, I think those kind of the Sunday is my most memorable time. Um, mm -hmm. After bear night, uh, just being able to—that's my day to celebrate. I think a lot of industry people probably celebrate that on Monday, but you know, luckily I, I take Monday off. But Sunday is my my most definitely my memory of pride. Love it. Okay, number two. What is the one album, song, music, artist, whatever you want to give me that you can throw on in the car and you know every single lyric? Oof. I mean that would always, you know, my youngers would always be Madonna. I mean, whatever Madonna album was, that was my, my jam, you know, my soundtrack to our lives, my life, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's gone. I, I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of gotten become more like ambient downbeat house trance music or not trance, but house uh, chill music and stuff just gets uh -huh. a little more relaxing. So I have my, uh, I have my songs. I mean, I have um, just playlist. It's harder for me to keep up with albums now because um so what are you what are you singing in the car? Like what is something that or what's what's your Madonna album of choice? Uh, I mean, my favorite song would be "Express Yourself," and "Cherish." I mean, I, I you know, there's all different songs, music. I I would more have more like probably have a playlist or play the the radio. I mean, I, I love Lizzo. I love her new album. We just went to her concert a few weeks back, and uh, she's just such a, a a great spirit, and you can relate to her songs. Like her songs are so welcoming and stuff. So I mean, I love mm -hmm. Lizzo. I. Uh, I love that. That's kind of it. I mean, Padama, Padama, I'd say that, but that'd be cliche, but that was our, probably our song during our, our vacation in Puerto Vallarta, like a few weeks back. And, uh, cause it was just, that's when it came out. And so it, we were all in our, in our group checks. You always send something oh, to the Padama, Padama video the days, or We are killing Padama, Padama. So a lot of my straight listeners, you guys might not know what this is. It is the new Kylie Minogue track that dropped and it's a meme. It is a life. It is now become a verb and noun. Okay. Number four. Or actually, number three, my favorite food is sandwiches. Chris Vance, what's your favorite type of sandwich? My favorite sandwich is probably uh, growing up would be like a meatloaf sandwich with mayonnaise. My mom's homemade meatloaf and ketchup because I am from the South. But I love I, it. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love a sandwich, period. I I love, I generally my breakfast sometimes can be a peanut butter and strawberry preserves sandwich. I just anything you put between bread is my jam. And mm -hmm. I've always liked patty melts or anything. What a pun. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, but yeah, I mean, I mean, sandwiches is just the go-to. I think uh, growing up, I think at my birthday parties, I had to have my mom's homemade uh, tuna salad. She did sweet pickle and curry in it. And I always had to put, it was on white bread, but always, I always had to put Doritos on it. And so I had that crunch, but I always, as younger, I always put Doritos on my sandwiches and stuff, especially tuna fish. So you guys are so like white you guys are white people that use seasonings. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's a little something in there. Okay. Right. Number four. Do you know what Scandaval was? Scandaval. I do not. Oh my goodness. I'm, I love I'm this. Embarrassing. 
how no it isn't this is this means that you are a person of integrity and culture because you <laughs> you don't watch bravo <laughs> you're not a bravo head like everybody else so scandal was this whole thing that happened on the vanderpump rules show recently where um two cast members were having an affair a seven month long affair maybe longer behind uh everybody's backs production and everybody else and one of the gentlemen was in a nine-year relationship so it was a whole thing but it was just was this it, one of the toms yes one of the toms tom sandoval that, so scandoval okay. is the scandal that he's involved got with it now. and now that's like his new last name they didn't even call him tom sandoval anymore but that's what that was i was just wondering that's why i had to throw this question in there because you know it's whatever and then my follow-up here now number five is um are you a housewife person? I have to ask that part first. I have been a housewife, wife person in the past, wives person in the past. I like them using their first seasons where they're more authentic and they're kind of getting into it. But mm -hmm. then it just over the seasons, they just start. I think they success gets to them or the money and they the production just become, becomes something different. Yeah, it does. So, and I feel like even, well, even like Beverly Hills, like it just feels like, OK, we're having this huge party. You got to come to my party. I'm launching this like Hermes bag or something. And then it's like them and their and their their uh, their glam squad uh, glam squads there, or it's just like them in a restaurant with a curtain around them. So there's no other interaction of the people. So it's become very isolated. Like it just seems set up. Whereas before yeah. they used to have the scandals in restaurants with people in the background and throwing shit around and stuff. But I I don't know. I I still Beverly you like Hills, them before they're liked. celebrities. You like them before I, they're I, celebrities. I, I so do, do you have I a mean, favorite? Do you have a favorite housewife? A favorite cast? Or yeah, a favorite housewife. Either way. I mean, I, I mean, I loved Lisa Vanderpump back in the day because I felt like she was a little grounded. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I you know, it was always like because we went to her restaurant. We actually got a picture with her and Jiggy because they were at the, you know, somebody came over there and kind of, you know, mm -hmm. get a photo with her. But I was like, how does she, you know, I don't know, like everything was like kind of shat. I, I don't know. I just like, where did her money come from? Because her restaurants, are they that busy? You know, like Vanderpump. She's schools. had like 38 restaurants in her right. life. And then she also has some other, there's something that has to do with the way that they've licensed out things in England when they sold, because a lot of the things, I guess, when they had them in England, they didn't just own the restaurant, they own the actual property. Right, so right. I think that that's where it was. It was might have been investments that way. Okay, number six, which Sex in the Sarah, uh, which Sex in the City slash Golden Girl do you recognize with most? <laughs> Samantha Blanche. Samantha Blanche. Oh, I love that. Samantha and Blanche. I'm I'm Southern. I've always see a how my friends would always laugh. Uh, my friends, uh, my good friend, Kevin Hardy would always you know, give me a hard time about like flirting with guys. Cause I was very forth. I was very, I had some game back in the day and he was like, Chris, you like, you know, like, I said, I'm just being Southern. You know, that was just my mm -hmm. thing. You, know, you, you gotta, you know, you don't, you can't make the sell if you don't take the order. So, you know, I would say most definitely Samantha and Blanche were my uh, two characters I identified with. You can't take the sale if you don't, what is it? Can't make it the sale. Can't make the sale if you don't take the order. You can't make the sale if you don't take the order. Okay, I'm loving this. These are like words to like live by. Um, okay, I fucked a guy once because he had a pool. Anyways, number seven. <laughs> do you have a morning oh, ritual? Do you have a morning ritual? A morning ritual. Mm -hmm. um, generally, I, you know, and I would like to get up and get back to the gym and stuff. Um, I've got to do that. I got to get up and do my walk. I have my dog, but my dog doesn't like to do these crazy walks. Like he wants to go out to use the bathroom and come back in. But my mm -hmm. morning ritual is probably get up, have coffee. Um, I tend to get on and start working on jobs or, or computer, like get up early, but, or I'll actually get up and binge some shows. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of mm -hmm. what I'll do too. When I have my coffee, I'll just put on something and I'll, I can go through a whole series, like in a day or two in between working or weekends, especially weekends. But, uh, 
-hmm. yeah, my rituals just, uh, I just kind of ease into the day. I mean, the mornings, I can't wake up at six o'clock. I, I tend to wake up early, but then all of a sudden it's like nine o'clock. Where did the time go? And generally just looking at emails. I'm working on, you know, bear night ads or social media posts, uh, hanging out with Bailey, who is my little multi poo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he brings a lot of joy to my, my life. So, uh, yeah, that's very relaxed. It. Number eight, beard or mustache. Do you have a preference? Ooh, it depends on the guy. I, mm. I, I am a sucker for a, if, if a, if a guy that's never had facial hair grows a mustache, I mean, it, it can, uh, it can kind of make me twist a little bit. I, I, I do some second checks, but I mean, a beard, I mean, beards and mustaches period, but those, mm -hmm. are, those are two different flavors. Like when you think mustache, you think porn, firefighter, blue collar mm. satisfaction, the beard, you know, they can be classier and stuff, but I, I, I love them both. I think it's just hot, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you have a favorite? Um, okay. I'm going to say it this way on go-go's do we like a jock briefs or other? What do you think? Gets, um, what, what do you think has the most reaction from, from people? I, I mean, I, the jock is good. I mean, obviously in San Diego, we have to wear a bandana on the back of it. Mm -hmm. cover the crack so it kind of takes away from the allure but i mean if they fill the jock out right it's perfect but if i you know i tend to like more of a square bottom brief or uh, i don't like thongs i never have i just don't think they're masculine for me uh but um bradley one of our little go-go dancers has this perfect little tight speedo-y kind of underwear trunks mm -hmm. has delicious on the butt he's got this little fat butt and it just you know it's just that gets your attention you know but uh, it just depends on how they wear it so it works. And then number 10, what was your last full binge when it comes to TV? My last full binge was probably uh, Marcello or The Diplomat. Okay. Tell on me about Marcello. Both on Netflix. Marcello, I, I, I always gravitate towards crime dramas and British crime dramas, or it could be Australian, but Netflix is, you know, over the years has had several different crime dramas that I like. And I don't know their stories are a little twisted more twisted or, you know, you start watching one and like they go into a school bus, the, the, the detective and everybody's frozen on the bus. Like they're like blocks of ice. You're like, what the, you know, it kind of pulls you in. Like what's going on. It's just kind of twisted. So those kind of shows, but Marcello is about this, uh, a detective that her, her marriage is going South and she's got mm -hmm. some, uh, some issues that she's dealing with from her past. And she's trying to solve a, a uh, serial killer uh, crime, but she's also has blackouts. So sometimes she almost feels like she's done something to jeopardize the case or, or interfere with it. And there's mm -hmm. only, there's, I just finished the third season. Third season was a little, little different, went a different direction with her, uh, but it's actually, it's actually been an interesting journey. And uh, she's got some awards for it. The uh, main actress, I don't remember her name, but it's called Marcello. I'm looking it up right now. It looks great. Anna Friel. Is the main she does actress. a really good job with it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I want to check this out. So it's a British, uh, British police detective working in contemporary London. Um, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'd never have seen this. Oh, and Ray uh, Pinthaki is in it. He's like the hot Indian man. Yes, I yes. I don't yes. know who he plays in this. Rob. He, he's, he's like, he's, he's, our, he's our captain. Yeah, he was just recently in something else that we watched and we talked about. Um, over here yeah he's gorge okay so and then the uh the other one would be the diplomat with carrie uh russell mm -hmm. it's like she kind of she goes from uh being like a uh uh you know a secretary of state or something where her, her husband was in this position she kind of ends up trumping over him 
and mm-hmm. she kind of gets pulled into this uh, foreign diplomat kind of thing, and she becomes like the grooming her to be the president. So it's kind of this thing with her, the re- relationship of her kind of husband getting divorced during this whole thing, and and her being a really powerful woman and stuff, and not kind of just like here, put the dress on, and she's not worried about her, you know, she doesn't want to be in a fashion gown, designer gown, talking about who she's wearing. She just wants to wear, you know, what she is. But it's it's, it's actually really it's actually a really good show, and I I mean I breezed right through that first season, the diplomat. I'm so into that. I love like um, procedural drama and like, especially when it has to deal with like law, like, like legal or like crime stuff. And so right. my, um, my accountant was telling me about the, uh, the relatable content. Um, my, she was telling me about the diplomat that we have to like, she was like, you need it. You totally need to watch this. And so, and she's Scottish and she, you know, is always watching like British crime dramas and things. I'll see right. if she's watched Marcella. I need what I want to see this now because it was like, re, like, as you were telling me about it, I was like looking and I'm like, okay, three seasons solid. I'm so in. So that's going to be another binge. I don't know if I'm going to talk about it here, guys, because sometimes I like to watch things for fun. I know, but um, yeah, this is like, thank you for bringing this to us. Okay. So as we get through things here today, um, Mr. Chris Vance, you were telling me yesterday, so um, RuPaul's Drag Race is now uh, with All Stars. We are in its eighth season. Episode seven has just uh, landed and is now over. Um, I watched it here at home. It's one of our appointment viewing things that I do with my partner. And you said that you were going out to watch this at the bar last night. Okay. I did. What was the experience at the bar and... You know, we're going to talk about spoilers and that sort of thing, because I just want to hear about what were people's reactions? <laughs> so. Well, first of all, I, you know, I, I think we were kind of late to get out the door. I think it starts at uh, like seven ish, uh, seven o'clock. I think it when it airs there. I think it, I think because now the show's a little shorter, it's not as long because they, they dwindled down to the top what six so they were the top six till uh, last night uh but you know i rushed to get to the bar and steven drops me off so i can go and get a seat a table while he parks the car and i run in there and i'm like there's like like maybe four or five tables with people at them and i'm like do they sell the tables because they have their little mm-hmm. numbers on the tables and i was seeing the qr code like oh are these reserved and i kind of walked in and then i saw our friends that had already gotten a table kind of in the back over here mm-hmm. but it was pretty dismal and like uh uh, Mary T was hosting and it's like she didn't want to be there I think she drank a lot last night for uh or night oh, before no. last but for some some celebration or something so she was just drinking water but she did not want to be there and the whole the I whole love crowd her, just, that's sad yeah <laughs> well no she no she was still herself but it's just kind of like oh, I don't want to be here like you know nobody wants to be here this season kind of I, I don't know I guess because of last week the drama and all the crying mm-hmm. and, and issues and stuff and people leaving but it's just my reaction was exactly the same for everybody for Candy Muse and stuff. And it just just wasn't popping. And I just don't see, you know, why. What you know, I, I guess the thing is, if I look on Instagram, look at her pictures and stuff, she's got some she does some good makeup. She's got some good outfits and she's probably a funny host. I think I'd probably like her as an entertainer. But to pull back the layers and see her on RuPaul, I just feel like she's not a very pretty person inside or I just I mm-hmm. couldn't see myself hanging out with her maybe if I was 28 again I'd be all kiki with her but, but she's, she's good just... tv and so I yeah. think I think you know because you need you need a character like that because we it's like what are we watching you know what I mean right. at the end of the day and so they're just uh then it becomes like a TLC show you know what I mean like and it's a bitch bitter shake off if there's no drama she's like she's like Ursula's love child and I mean she's, yeah she's, and uh, I'm wondering but I I'm wondering, though, because when you bring up that just to like the pulling back, you know, the camera situation on, you know, with 
the bar viewings of a TV show that is currently not airing live, I think that's the, I think that's what's hurting it is that you would have more of a community atmosphere is if it was airing at eight o'clock on VH1 and everybody had to wait to watch it till then. I think right right now what's hurting it is that it's on Paramount plus so you can watch it. You know, I know some people who are picking it up at midnight, you know, because they don't want the spoilers or they're watching it in the morning like you watch your TV. So I think that's what's hurting the drag race audience viewing experience. Maybe that's probably why it was a little bit more. There's no um, there's no suspense because some of the people who are there might have already watched it earlier in the day. So they know what's going to happen. They know he's going to get kicked off. So I'm just wondering if that might be affecting that part of it. Um, well, also, I also think I feel like sometimes you get fatigued because it's like, OK, we had the big RuPaul in the regular season. And it and was then a great also season. You, it was a before you can catch season. your before you can catch your breath. They're like, oh, you know, All Stars is going on, and then as soon as All Stars is gone, I think I want to say uh, Mexican uh, RuPaul's Mexico's. Uh, it's already. Chi-Chi I think it started right. already. Yeah, with right. With, so with Chichi and um, Avanti. But it's going to have right. So it's just like you know, how how much can you do? You know, go to Moe's and and drink and eat every. You know, that's some calories right there to to absorb. So, but I, I feel like I guess the thing my my problem or my struggle with um candy and it was in that first season it's like you know she's getting away with stuff that michelle visage wouldn't let other people get away you know like that the bodysuit mm-hmm. and the the same bodysuit she's had the same black little uh you know spiked heel shoes on uh but that same black bodysuit with just something thrown on top of it i just don't see they get all like oh it's like the perfect silhouette but it's kind of the same thing over and over again that other people even hint at it and she wants to pull it out you know make mm-hmm. sure that you know, oh, it's a it's a bodysuit with something on it, and it's just I just I just feel like you're just over her. Like, well, I just I mean, I I look, I got on her Facebook or Instagram this morning. I'm like, oh, well, TikTok, you know, and she does some funny stuff, and she's got some beautiful outfits and does some. Her makeup looks really good in these photo shoots and stuff, and I I get it. But on this show, I just it's like she's not held to the same standard as the other girls, and that's what frustrates me. Like, why are they why are they trying to, you know, like? And of course, she got the thirty thousand dollar tip last night. Spoiler yeah. alert, <laughs> because she won the thing. And I didn't even think she really won the, uh, you know, the, the dance, the, uh, the, the lip sync uh, for your life. I mean, I, she swirled around, rolled around and rolled her legs around, but I just, uh, her I think were hanging it, out. Yeah. But I think what had happened last week is that they put her against Angeria, who's like a pageant slash comedy queen. I don't think of Angeria right. as like a big, like thing. That's the only thing too, is yeah, I think just, we're going to jump around because uh, we're not doing a recap of this, but the, um, the lip sync assassins haven't been as exciting, I think, because they're like younger from like the more recent seasons. And then so when you put this like young buck, you know, like like last night, even when you had the Valari spoiler upon spoiler, um, she's doing the final lip sync against Georges. And, you know, Georges is a great lip syncer. But when you look at Lalari next to her, you're like, one is an Amazon and the other one's this little pipsqueak. And it was just kind of like, it didn't feel evenly matched, you know? Well, and it feels- And, and plus she was, young. plus they were doing Lizzo. So, I mean, you're going to identify with- There you, you go. Lala, Lala with Lizzo because she could sell it, you know, sell the part where you've got the little slender girl. She can't sell those big, it's like a skinny girl and she does like a Jennifer Hudson song. It's just not going to be the same. You don't get that 
that well and that's a fair amount of production too that was kind of right, like, okay right. we're, we're like because they've even i know that listening to like race chaser and that kind of thing when they're like yeah they switched the lip sync song here you know what i mean because they're given like a little ipod shuffle with you know 14 songs on it for the season so you need to learn those while you're back and so right. you might it's adele it's adele it's adele and then all of a sudden the fine the girl who's up there is latrice royale and so they're like hey we'll keep the adele but it's Adele, right. it's Adele, and then they decide, oh, it's Georgia. Change the song to J Lo. Well, it's because they're gonna yeah. like they want it to work right. more in her favor. So it's just Tracking it's um, yeah. What were the, what were the reactions to Alexis crying? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I I think uh, you know, of course, Mary makes everything better. She's like, oh, let's hold your glasses up, let's drink. She's crying again. If I had a dollar for every time she cried, I mean, it, it's you know, it's mm-hmm. all exaggerated. It's all in good good fun. I mean, everything was good. It's just it was just kind of like lackluster and i think it was all over she was kind of like okay we can get the fuck out of here like let's go home like it just you know she's oh, playing wow. up that's that's just miriam being miriam but it's just you know she most definitely made it fun it's just it was kind of like a rush to get there and like a little like well it's not the excitement even from the beginning of the year i, I think maybe it's just i haven't been to a all-stars there this year uh, we've been kind of yeah. watching it on tv and stuff or i or i've been out of town on vacation and just hadn't really paid attention so i had to jump on board just to uh, catch up to get there last night I think regular season might be a better like bar watch, but please do go watch it in the bars. If you guys don't have cable at home, like go do that. Okay. Um, who is your pick right now to like, win? do you have anybody that you are like, that you want to win? Are you, are you rooting um, for anybody? I would probably say Jojo. Does that sound Jojo? Am I saying it right? Jimbo. Jimbo. Sorry. Jimbo. Yeah. Jimbo. I think just cause he, he's lovable. Like he's, he's got and, comedy you know, his lip sync, you know, he, he did his little breakdown crying, I think, to get some, you know, some sympathy mm-hmm. tears. Like, oh, I just freeze up and I hate myself for not being able to do the lip sync thing. But maybe that's just not his his thing. But, you know, as far as entertainer and his costumes, I mean, they're, I mean, the boobies are there, but over the top. But it's, it, he kind of gives you everything. And his, all, his, all his improv. He's exactly. a really good well, competitor. That's the thing. Well, he's like an actor first. I mean, he's most definitely his improv is hilarious. And, uh, mm-hmm. but even, uh, what was the, what's the, uh, Stink was Finger. Who's, who's the crier? Oh, I mean, that was, well, Stinkfinger was amazing. That was just funny. I mean, just over the top. They're, they're all good. I, I hate it that, um, that uh, James went home, mm-hmm. James Mansfield, because I, I thought her mommy dearest was just perfect. Her, her, she was spot on with that. I mean, I love the outfit. I love, I can identify with the outfit more so. I, mm-hmm. you know, everybody went raved over um, Candy's performance and she did that little twirl jump pretty well, but I just went like, I don't know, just, I think they it was, was like the, over exaggerating, like, oh my God, look how she does that clothes hanger. Like she dances with it. It's so amazing. Like it was okay. It was a great, I mean, it was, it was one of the better numbers of the night, but it also has to do too with the actual music. It was a disco number. So it's already right, going right. to be better. Right. And like Jimbo was doing something that was like metal and it was just, it didn't, yeah. it didn't resonate and like right. make her right. safe just to get her safe. You know what I mean? Right. So it was that kind of thing. Um, okay. Let's flip around over to what's right now going on on Netflix, you guys. So the Black Mirror um, is back and it is one of the better shows that they have, I think, over at Netflix. And it's kind of crazy that this first one that they drop with everything that's going on with the WGA strike um, that's going on out there. And so essentially the writers are striking. Wait, I don't want to go on to Netflix. I want to go on to something else okay so um but black mirror it just had its premiere the first episode of this new season six um is called joan is awful starring annie murphy um 
who is absolutely fabulous in this uh, role. And so I don't want to give away too much, but let's give away enough. Um, essentially, Joan is living her day-to-day -day life and she's not completely happy in life, not happy in a relationship. She's got ex problems and uh, she is one day with her boyfriend sitting on the couch and they go to um, watch Streamberry, which is basically Netflix. And as they're scrolling around and we don't want to watch the crime drama, blah, 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 blah. And then they see there's a TV show called Joan is Awful that they can stream. And it's starring the one and only Salma Hayek, who has exactly Joan's outfit and hairdo. And they start <laughs> watching and it's basically showing all of her life um, as it goes on. And uh, so now Annie Murphy's character, who is Joan, now has to deal with the fallout of all of her secrets being told on this mega level of a, like a reality show, Truman style kind of a situation, but it's a dramatization of her life. It's very meta. Uh, it has to do with AI. It has, to, I mean, it's just, um, it was great. Where were you? What are your thoughts? <laughs> like, are you a black mirror person? I am. I've, I've watched every season and it's like, you know, that's the, it's, it's that, I guess journey of self of discovery. Like you don't know what's going to happen with these. If you don't read the synopsis and stuff. And, uh, but with this one, like, you know, you kind of watch it like, okay, where's she going? And a lot of them kind of like a little melancholy and what's, what's her, what's her deal. And then all of a sudden after that part, and then you start remembering what she went through early in the day. And then it's being, basically being recreated in the storyline that Salma Hayek's you know, putting on, mm -hmm. but it's a little more exaggerated. And so people around her seeing that thinking, you did exactly like they're taking it literally like that was what you did. So you did that. So she did that. You know, it's just funny how it gets it snowballs and something bigger. Mm -hmm. And then, and then how even Selma Hayek's, you know, character, I don't want to give that away, but uh, how her story kind of comes into it. And uh, you know, my favorite line was when she was watching it and it was uh, uh, Kate went, not Kate Winslet, but uh, who was the other actress playing? Kate Blanchett like, is playing. Kate Blanchett. It was just funny. It's like, fuck Kate Blanchett. It was just, just the interactions. I mean, between Ann, Annie Murphy and uh, Salma Hayek, the, uh, I mean, it was just a really, I, I thought a stellar performance by both of them. And I didn't even recognize Annie Murphy. We were like, watch out, who is that? And uh, we had to look it up and like, oh, you know, it's Schitt's Creek. And, uh, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. a, I mean, it was a, a totally different character for her to play. And, uh, but it was just, it was just, at the end, you're just like, we're just laughing and just like, you know, you, you felt rewarded at the end of this. It was a very good episode. Oh, it's, it was so good. I mean, I'm, I've been a fan of black mirror now. I want to say like when second season rolled out, that's when I went, I backtracked, you know what I mean? And then right. found everything else. And so, and um, so you, those of you guys who don't watch black mirror, black mirror is essentially, it's a contemporary reworking of like the twilight zone. Um, each episode is it's a standalone uh, drama. So each one has its own beginning, middle and end. And so you can pop in wherever. So if you don't like an episode, just skip to the next one. It's a whole new set of characters and rules and that sort of thing. There's only like one episode. I want to say like in season five, the one with the museum that kind of backtracks and pulls a lot of old pieces from other episodes. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like in, it, in on its own joke in a sense. Um, and the other thing that I love about this show is that they always have like these huge stars, you know what I mean? Like Bryce Dallas Howard or um, what do you call it? James Watkins or John Hamm and these other, you know, these other people. Um, did you keep on watching last night or did you just watch that one episode? The Jonas Awful? Yeah. You know, we kind of got to the second one, but then I was kind of doing laundry and I was, I was, I was kind of doing other stuff and all of a sudden some of them are a little deeper. And you mm -hmm. really have to get into it or you'll miss it. 
but I would most definitely write, rec say, don't skip any of them. It's kind of like a roller coaster where you have to kind of go through the clicking and get through the ride and then you get to the payoff. All of them generally have a good payoff. So I, we stopped it and just said, you know what, I'm going to wait to like recommit to it because after that first one, it was, uh, it was great. I don't know. Do you have a favorite one overall? Like, can you think of any one or two favorite episodes overall that are the standout as memorable? Um, for, for me, I would say I'm going to look real quickly. The one with Bryce Dallas Howard, the one with the social networking where they, it's called Nosedive. It's season three, right. episode one, and where everybody gets a rating, like a Yelp rating for every single right. thing that they do. That was a fabulous one. And Michaela um, Cole is inside that one. But there is, um, oh, you know what? The episode, the Shut Up and Dance episode where you feel one way towards the main character and he is being told um it's the teenager guy and he's online and he's being told you know uh to do all these different things and he has to do all these like terrible things you know for like a payoff and at the very end you find out he's not really a protagonist he's the antagonist the whole time and so you know the one it, it, um i'm gonna give away a spoiler right now the the swap at the end is that he is like the pedophile. Do you remember that one? I've got to think about back there. There's so many of them. That, um, There's like fabulous ones. I mean, like the John. Which one? What, what season was that? I'll have to look at. It. I mean, when I see it, I'll, I'll get a memory. But I. It was season uh, three. It was like the kid who went to go like jerk off. Like he was, he pulled up his computer and he was going to like jerk off. And then all of a sudden he gets a message and it's like, we know what you've done, blah, 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 blah. We're going to release everything to all of your friends and family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's like a whole thing. Um, that was one of my like my favorite episodes um, just because of the way that it was like a roller coaster because you felt one way towards this main character the whole entire time. And then in the last right. like 10 minutes, you all of a sudden go, you're a monster. <laughs> like you just have like this whole like visceral reaction to it. Um, do you have any favorites from the series as a whole? I mean, just I can't remember all the titles. Obviously, one of my favorites was the one with the Miley Ray Cyrus where she had the little uh, uh, robot doll that kind of became mm -hmm. her friend. It kind of like it turned out to be uh, even deeper, but I was looking to buy one of those for my niece back in the time. So it's just kind of all this stuff, everything they do is like, it has a grain of truth of like what reality can become or just like, what if kind of thing. But that was a great one. Just me, I think because my Ray Cyrus was in it. Episode, my other favorite that's season five, episode five. three, it's called Rachel, Jack and Ashley two. And the Miley Cyrus plays Ashley. O. the, uh, yeah. the big, that the was a great one. My other, my other ones were the two husbands were playing a video game where it's a virtual game. And they get in the game and they're like doing spinning side kicks and all this stuff. And then they end up having sex. You know, one's a guy and one's a girl, but they're actually having sex in the virtual world. I don't remember. And then they, they, come, they come out of it. It's a guy that play that plays uh Hawk. Is it Mike Hawk on a uh, uh, Avengers? Mm -hmm. Uh it's in, it's in season five. Jimmy Runner. Uh Charlie Brooks mind bending. Let's see. I don't want to click on this YouTube thing because it'll play striking uh, vapors episode one Old yeah college yeah, buddies yeah. danny and carl reconnect in a vr version of their favorite video game the late night session yields an unexpected discovery yeah um that was twisted but it was just crazy it's kind of you know it's homoerotic yeah. um, and then my other my other one was that is it san pedro is that san pedro or san junipero uh, san junipero yeah that was that was really yeah. sweet that's an entry point for if anybody, if you've never watched um, any of the Black Mirrors and if you want a really, really easy one to ease yourself into, because the very first episode of the very first season is insane when they like want the politician to like fuck a pig. 
I mean, like, that's how wild this is. But that episode that you're talking about, the San Junipero, it's like, and it even won awards, like, like different, like, um, LGBT kind of awards and things like that, because it has this beautiful, like, lesbian love story that, like, sits underneath. And I remember shazamming that song and adding it to my playlist because it was just a really kind of pretty kind of a mellow song that I just liked the the melody line in it. But it was on my it was on my chillax mix on Spotify that I had for years. It may not be on there anymore just because after a few years or a year, I try to uh, update, add songs, drop things off, add new stuff. Uh huh. Um, okay, let's move over. This is what this is what I deep teased earlier before we get ourselves out of our, our uh, bald and bingeable episode this week, but. Chris, when I asked him what had he been watching, and he gave me a few different things, and then he mentioned this non-scripted, unscripted reality show that's over on WeTV. Like and, Kardashians, in a way. Oh, it's it's like Kardashians. Um, <laughs> low rent Kardashians. Low rent Kardashians. The Mama June series, you guys. So Mama June, it's been on since 2017. This is the sequel to the series Honey. Uh, along came Honey, honey Boo Boo, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever, her, honey whatever her show was. Uh, here comes Honey Boo Boo. But um, Mama June came out, and it started off as from hot to not. And then, and that was chronicle uh, a chronicle of what her weight loss journey was. And then Mama June got too big for her britches and in opposite though, because she was the smallest that she had ever been. And she kind of started doing drugs. And then she had this whole, the series changed into Mama June Road to Redemption. And now they're dealing with the fallout of all of this and it's Mama June family crisis. Um, Pumpkin is a star we're going to start right there <laughs> like self-proclaimed star oh but i love her like the thing is is like she's keeping that family together <laughs> and so um you know that she was because i they on here comes honey boo boo she had come out as bisexual i remember it was like a big deal episode because they were all talking about you know i love poodles because she had that uncle poodle um right <laughs> her gay her gay uncle and then you know and then she came out and like the family was like yeah that's fine whatever you can be with girls and then um now as we get into like mama june i just kind of like skipped around and so all kinds of spoilers and whatnot and so you're currently up to date i just went down a spiral in the last like day and a half and have been watching random full episodes and whatnot on youtube because the Wii app kind of sucks so you, you can't even like log into it. I'm going to try putting it on my, uh, my Apple TV, but on like my phone or any of my mobile devices, it's just not connecting. So having an issue, but I have not had an issue because I've now found it on YouTube. Chris, this show is wild. What did you get me into? <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I, when we were talking about like shows and stuff and you were asking me to be on the show and like, I'm like, I feel like. I don't have anything really to talk about as far as TV shows, because I feel like everything is in between seasons. I I got through watching The Last of Us, you know, Yellowstone is kind of in between. I think the the new season starts this week or the the last episode season, 1920, uh, was it 1928, 1923? That was, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, all these just 18, all these prequels to that uh all the netflix stuff the uh, eight days memorial i mean i watch a lot of stuff and i feel like i got to the end of, during COVID. i feel like i got to the end of netflix i feel like i'd watched everything so now i'm kind of starved for stuff and you know i've tried watching uh bel-air it's kind of a remake of the fresh prince on peacock and the first How season was like good that? but but the first the, the first season was good but then i feel like and that's my problem with a lot of shows now like i love the first season like ted lasso i know you guys mm-hmm. are talking about that I love the first season. All of a sudden, I think there's like six seasons since then. Is it is it on fifth or sixth season? Ted Lasso. 
Ted Lasso is like on its third or fourth. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, I started the second one and it just, you know, I love the, the, um, the relationships between some of the team members and between the owner and Ted and, and all this stuff was really good. And I got to the second season and all of a sudden, it, you know, sometimes they start from a different perspective or something. It just, I couldn't grab back onto it. Maybe it was stuff going on in my life or just being busy, but I've never been able to jump back on it. I keep saying I need to, I need to, but I, I couldn't stay with succession. For, I, uh, for like Ted Lasso, you don't need to watch Ted Lasso's like first six episodes this last season. It was, it was right. pretty bad. And the thing is they didn't know what they were doing with themselves. Watch. If you want to like jump in and just at least watch the end, there's an episode called Amsterdam start right. there on Ted Lasso right. and then just finish it out. So you can like complete the story, but they didn't even complete their story because they weren't really sure if the series is going to go on without Jason Sudeikis, like he might now be out and they just might just put the show on together and it might not be Ted Lasso. It might be something else. I mean, it's just, it's a mess over there and it just kind of, um, they went off the deep end. There's like a whole thing with like, when you like listen to, uh, there's a podcast called Les Culturistas with uh, Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. And Matt always talks about how, you know, the morning show, which is a great show over on Apple TV. Um, but it's written by fifth graders. You know what I mean? Like he's like, the, right. show, the whole show is written by fifth graders. And it feels like that's what happened with Ted Lasso is that it was written by a bunch of like, like middle school girls who were like, okay, we're going to add in a hot soccer player. Okay. And then they're going to be mad at this one. And then this, is, I mean, so the no, most recent season of Ted Lasso, oof, um, that's my feelings. Okay. Back to mama June. So mama June. you got into mama June. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I, I mean, my, prequel that was like thousand pound sisters i mean it's literally like this stuff like you 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 start taking getting wind of social media stuff like their memes and stuff and then you kind of like oh let me see what this is about and you watch it and it's just like how is this happening how are you they don't discovered? know the pressure i live under amy <laughs> like, like <Yeah>. those. <laughs> uh, tammy and amy and i mean and then you keep watching it and again it kind of gets to where they it starts the other family members start coming in to be cast members and it kind of loses that initial just charm but then it's kind of like a car wreck you can't turn away and then i'm like I'm, I'm kind of vested to see do they lose the weight she had another baby i mean how does she get pregnant it's just all these kind of crazy things that they go through and with mama june i don't know if that happened like it was maybe came on after that show or for some reason i kind of watched that first episode and you know she's here she comes again and she left her i think last i caught it i i think i picked up on the last season where she she was in rehab with this guy on drugs and stuff and they got through it and then she broke up with him and of course then she met this other guy and i think he was just out of prison and he didn't have teeth and she got teeth put you know she got him teeth like, real put in so now you see like he's got gold chains he's got new tennis shoes on and that's and they got married and it's just them living in this dumpy little house in, in alabama because i think he's on probation probation or something he can't leave the state so they're kind of stuck there and she's half blind. And, you know, I love it when they go out to eat and she's like, she's looking at the menu and she wants to get, you know, she wants to get an order of mozzarella sticks and then she wants a, a ribeye steak well done with fries. And then go ahead and get a side of a side order of, uh, of hot wings or you know, wings. Uh -huh. And then she wants a pina colada and a strawberry daiquiri mix, but no alcohol. And then she wants the cool whip on top and she has to have the cherries. And then she looks to her, Justin, and she goes like, and what do you want? And I'm like, oh my God, she's like throwing down. But uh, it's like, is that my spirit animal? But uh, anyway, it's just, it's just, it's just a totally, again, maybe being from the South, it's just, you know, I try to understand pumpkin, you know, they obviously they've, they've gone, gotten older. And I want to say the little niece on there, I think when she was born, she had six fingers on one hand. 
And I remember Honey Boo Boo, Honey Boo Boo saying like, I wish I had six fingers. I could eat more cheesy puffs. And it was just all these like one liner zingers and stuff that mm-hmm. would just kind of pull you in. But I don't know. I just, this was just me. I just kind of, I need to see what's going to happen. I, I, you know, I don't want to be a part of their life. I just need to see where it goes. You know, Honey Boo Boo, she's like going to be 19. She doesn't have her driver's license. She says her boyfriend drive around. And she's like, you know, she just wants to be a little princess and, you know, spot She's watched how her mom is like, right. when, okay. So here's the things when you say like the little, like the, the quotes, because I wrote, I wrote here when pumpkin calls Justin, when they're having the whole fight, like outside, you know, um, after they haven't returned mama June's text and now mama June is with Justin, he's got new teeth at the, at the house. And when she's, when she calls or, or no, when they, before he has the new teeth, like when, right. When he's get, about to get them and she calls Justin a do boy. <laughs> a do boy <laughs> yeah and the, why, what is a do boy well he does everything for you he takes you takes you to you know he does this for right. you he do, he do this for you he does that for you they call him a do boy and another one that i had found that it was just like the one-liners that i had written down was when jessica so like the middle daughter between pumpkin and honey boo boo alana she moves out of the house and is living a secret double life because she's right a lesbian and so she's living with their girlfriend whose name right. is Cheyenne you guys this is so unhinged okay so like you guys have to check this out because it's just it's solid unscripted television there is no glamour to any of this yes they have humongous houses but every piece of furniture is from Ikea or it is you know from the 80s and it's a solid piece of wood that grandma's hand down to this one to this one that's a little Debbie's on the counter in the background. Oh my God. And they still eat off of like paper plates. That is so Midwest Southern. Like, you know, I see my family there, but, um, when Jessica, she's, she is now in a relationship with a girl named Cheyenne. How do you think Cheyenne should be spelled? Most girls I know named Cheyenne are spelled C H E Y. You know what I mean? Cheyenne, this girl, her name is S H Y N N shy and like it's like two words <laughs> like and when she um she comes out and then the family decides that they're going to take her to lips you know as like a celebration of her being out they make those terrible um tie-dye shirts before they take her out and when she's saying things, when Pumpkin looks at her and says, you are funny or gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> little, just, little lines like that. Yeah, and it's just, I have to just, it's like, I'm strapped in. I need to finish the ride. You know, I just, you know, there's mm-hmm. an actually a new episode that dropped today. So I saw it this morning. So I'm, I'm sure once I hang up here, I'll go ahead and get through it. Because I'm, you know, curious minds want to know what, what's what's the next step. And other girls going to show up at the wedding? You know, it's just this big family drama that, uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like maybe like back going to Housewives where like they were more real in the beginning. That's what this feels like. I was going to say they just they haven't taken it to the next level yet. It feels like early seasons Housewives. And then like in my like little spiral binge and like watching all the different, you know, because on YouTube, you can watch clips and you can just like watch almost like a whole season, but in clips and um, the whole COVID season when they all got COVID in the house because Mama June brought us COVID and I just got a boyfriend and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to ever see him again because we just got COVID and it's going to be two weeks without each other. And like, they just all go back and forth the whole entire, it's just, it's wild. Okay. Before we wrap up my quick things though, um, Josh, what are your feelings about Josh <laughs> pumpkins, pumpkins, man? Um, I, I, I guess what I find myself doing is getting a line. What does he do for a living? Did they work? Is it just the show? You know, like, because they have well, he, the house is actually kind of nice. 
he mentions he, that he um used to be a contractor and he no longer works as a full-time contractor he just takes jobs here and there when they need him so he'll go right. like paint a house he'll go put in something and just take the cash and then just comes back home because he's like a full-time house dad and i think the show really does fund a lot of their lives right you know and plus they're living out there in tuskegee where like you know rent is not what it is in sandy in san diego you know so i think no. it's like they had that huge house and i think they said that their house payment is a thousand dollars a month or something like that their mortgage if, if, if that much yeah 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 that's what she because yeah, yeah, just... alana wants a wig for her senior pictures <laughs> she's like oh yeah but, yeah she like well then she realizes she should post on instagram let you know they did they're deciding this last out season episode to do a meet and greet because i guess they can make money and sell stuff mm -hmm. and stuff so and then she puts on instagram because she has over a million followers and she needs to use her honey boo boo name because that's what people like her as so she's trying to go back to that and then her sister pumpkin says well you know if you go back and you ask people to you know you need a wig and stuff and use use this fame to get stuff for you and so that's what she did so all of a sudden the last season she gets someone to do her hair so her wig was gonna be a thousand dollars and like mm -hmm. you know and a, a, a little high school girl needing a thousand dollar wig and then someone to uh what did she call assemble it or uh install it's what she said yeah and then makeup so when you see the finally it all happens like the makeup to me is horrible like she looks really jaundiced and yellow and her oh, like no. skin tones aren't great and then her wig and her pictures like it's just not I, I think she looks cuter before she did all that but she's got these gay pictures in front of these backdrops like like Olin Mills or or, or glamour mm -hmm. shots but but not but in Alabama but it's just I don't know I just like you want to go like oh help her you know it's just it's just it's just it's just it's you don't have to think of anything <laughs> it is you know and I just don't have, I don't have to worry about it I don't have to overthink it it's not like watching Black Mirror we, you know it just starts from the beginning and it's just here we go you know it's like it's Mr. Toad's crazy ride I felt completely comfortable you know what I mean like I yeah. just was like oh I'm in watch this because they just look like regular people that you've like you've known through your life you know what i mean like when you end up at somebody's house you know for an after party you're like where am i <laughs> yeah well it's like it's like a it's like a, a a true real roseanne bar show i mean that's kind of what it is you know roseanne bar would be like a scripted version of this kind of thing mm -hmm. absolutely okay we need to wrap ourselves up, but before we do, we end with our crushes of the week. And these are our okay. person, place, and things that we are right now obsessed with into or just in passing have an appreciation for. So Chris Vance, my person this week is going to be Pedro Pascal again. Um, he's been a consistent crush in the past. And the thing is, we haven't brought him up in a minute, but I finally watched over on Stars the unbearable weight of massive talent. Have you seen this? I have the one not. With, it's you. Okay. You're an action guy too. Cause you like the action movies. We didn't really get into that. Right. Watch it. It's fun. It's a Pedro Pascal and Nick um, Cage movie. Okay. And it's very meta. Cause Nick Cage plays himself. He plays okay. Nick Cage and he's got a family and he ends up. Um, I don't know how I did not give this away, but the thing is, is he's doing like essentially like a meet and greet with somebody who ends up the FBI want contact with. And so Nick Cage becomes a agent for like the FBI in the movie, in his real life. It's a whole weird like meta thing. Watch it. It's fun. But that was, that's my okay. guy crush right now or my guy crush, but my crush, my person crush right now. Do you have a person crush this week, Mr. Chris? Uh, I think my person crush right now would be Steven, my partner. I just, Aww. he's the cutest thing. I just can't. I cannot look at him walk around and like his underwear or his clothes and he's just it, the glasses that he has 
he's just adorable. I just love that little fella. And I, we've been together six years now, but I, that's, he's always my crush. I mean, I, I have other probably crushes of guys, but I just really just, he's just really grabbed my heart. That is the sweetest thing ever. Nobody ever says like their partners. I love it. Okay. My place, my place crush that I am right now completely crushing on is on a massage table with acupuncture points in. I'm like really into this, you guys lately. And so we've actually found somebody who's like wonderful who comes to our house. It's like a whole thing. Yes. Privilege, relatable content. Um, but, (laughs) um, I had never done acupuncture before and I've started it like in like the last like three months and I am seeing like actual differences when it comes to like my tendonitis and my ankle and whatnot, because this whole aging thing is wonderful for people who are active dancers and whatnot. Um, and not just dancers on like a go-go box, you guys, I used to really dance, like, you know, do choreography and whatnot. But so anyways, acupuncture on the table, that's my place right now. Do you have a place that you are loving Mr. Christopher Vance? I think my my place would be Puerto Varda. And uh, we just got back from vacation there from June uh, 27th. I mean, May 27th to June 3rd. And I'd really never been a lot. I, off a cruise ship, we got off one time and you know went to Blue Chair and for like a bear pool party kind of thing. And then I went back last year, some friends, some really good friends of mine, I rent a house down there with like a, it's a private house with a whole staff in an infinity pool and it's right over the ocean and it's amazing. We went last year during COVID. It was great. They bring in massage therapists, like like nine of them. We all get massages and get petty manis. They have a, a staff that cooks our dinner every night. That was a great place. But we just got back from there. Uh, and this year was same house. A few new friends that came in, like some of the old people uh, were not available to go. And just even a more amazing trip, I think, because COVID was passed and we felt a little more comfortable to go out and kind of explore the city and take Uber to the town to the romantic mm-hmm. area and walk around and, and get familiar with it at night and go, okay, oh, I remember that and get around. But just, I just love Mexico. I love Mexico City when we went, but Puerto Varda just, it, I could have a place there. It's just, it's dreamy. I am loving that. The, um, I haven't really been to Puerto Vallarta. Like each time that I've like had plans to go, there's always been like an issue. Like the most recent time last October, um, I was supposed to be going for a party situation and I was uh, going with Meatball. And Meatball got COVID the day before mm. we were supposed to take off. <laughs> like and damn, so, damn him. <laughs> I know. So, um, but that's a deep tease too, because we have our party that's going on. So you guys who haven't gotten it yet, um, look inside the show notes. Okay. And my thing this week, my crush that I'm having on a thing is that, okay, so I don't usually shop late at night when I'm on my phone because that's dangerous because like when you just like click open Amazon or click open something and you're just like, okay, I'm going to start making purchases. And I did that a couple of times recently. And one of the purchases that I made was based off of a, um, a reel on Instagram. And then I went to a thing and I found a discount code and everything else. And it's this company called Meister M- or Mr. M Y S T E R Mr. And they make vapes and, um, but they make like the batteries and the actual like accoutrement that people use. And it's like my favorite piece right now that I'm using for like social situations. So that's going to be my thing this week. And um, I hope they become a sponsor for the show or something. Cause I just did a sponsor post for them recently. So we'll figure that out. Okay. What is your thing this week? Uh, I think my thing right now is my, uh, my condo. I, I had a, shower leak uh like in january that i realized had been going on since december and realized there was like 
my floors were messed up. So basically I had to get a whole, I didn't realize I was going to tear up the whole shower. They took up the whole shower and then all the drywall in my bedroom. And then they have to take about three quarters of my wood, wood floors out of my bedroom. Well, long story short, they couldn't match the wood. So I had to replace all the wood in my condo. So basically I had to unload my whole condo. So I was out of my place till like recently, like a month ago. And, uh, move back in but but now i have this beautiful shower that had never been upgraded i did travertine in it back when i moved in but now it's got this uh 24 by 48 porcelain like marble look and i've got the hans i I switched to the black matte hans groy uh shower uh finishes and stuff and i have the push button you just push the button to turn the water on so it's not even turn something so i don't have to worry about my wrist hurting and just push a little cute Uh, button to turn on the water and off yeah (laughs) from turning on (laughs) the water carpal tunnel syndrome Yes, I just I just love shower. I, I feel like I'm in a new place. I mean, I, and from there, I kind of like let me update my chairs, let me get a new rug because I got this new wood floor, and uh, I just so I did a lot of upgrades. By the bug, you got bit by the I bug. Did. So, well, when you first move into the place, you'll decorate and do stuff, and then it just 15 years later, it's like I hadn't really done anything. And then you know, last year we had to repipe our condo because there are some other units had slab leaks. So. I kind of piggybacked and actually add split air, uh, what do you call it? Mini split air conditioners in my bedroom and my, my, uh, mm-hmm. living room. So now I have AC and heat, but I haven't been able to use AC yet because it hasn't, you know, it's been cold and wet here in the last six months and it's already yeah. June, but now just having that versus my Costco, you know, air conditioner, I turned down the hall or it was really loud. And now it's just like, it just feels like a real condo and not like an apartment. So it's just, 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 I guess surrounding my stuff self with just nice stuff, but the shower is just, it just feels like I'm in a hotel, you know, it's just the whole bathroom now. It's just beautiful. And I just love it. And you have a great bathroom too. At Christmas, I think, you, I don't know if it was a, a new remodel you guys did, but most definitely inspired had, me that I'm, I'm, I'll be glad to get mine. The hall bath. Oh yeah. We just did that one like in the like last year. Cause our, our bedroom bathroom is, um, that one's fun. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I've looked in the bedroom, but I, you know, I didn't want to get too nosy and walk through the house, but, uh, Oh, just... see, well, we'll have to give you an, a, an official house tour next time. We actually, we're looking at, um, we're going to be expanding. We're going to be adding on the house pretty soon, but the, um, yeah, we, we redid our hallway bathroom and it was like a whole thing with like tile. And so we decided yeah. to like matchy matchy and really styled out. So like the tile on the floor is the same thing. Yeah, as yeah. actually on the, one of the walls. We did a whole thing. Um, and I love that is that, you know, um, you've like one of the most wholesome crushes of the week that you were so content with your life, your man, your house, and then your vacation. That uh, is like, yeah. that's like true goals, Mr. Chris Van. <laughs> well, I, 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 but, um, I'm a more reserved now. I mean, I'm not, I, I you know, pop culture watch. I mean, I can't, you know, I, I love, uh, I was just saying, going back to, uh, um, Pascal, Pedro Pascal, is that his mm-hmm. name? You got to you got to start up Narcos because I've been watching him for years on Narcos and he, yeah. he's very very handsome man and very sexy but that's a really good show especially the first few seasons and I think this character may go off and stuff but Mandalorian didn't see him as much and then you know he, he's just and and to see I think what makes you fall in love with these kind of guys is to see them I think you were talking about them in the Met Gala but you see them out on, on publications or stuff you see who they are like they have good good souls like they you, he you looks know, like a good very, guy. Yeah, yeah, guy. and that makes that makes someone crush. My my all time crush is Bradley Cooper. I I've been in love with him since uh, Failure to Launch with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. I, or was it was it Sarah Jessica Parker? Or was it it's Sarah uh, Goldie, Jessica? Yeah, Sarah Jessica or Goldie Hawn's daughter. I think it was Goldie Hawn's daughter, right? Um, no, Failure to Launch is with is with um, Sarah Jessica Parker. It's Sarah Jessica Parker. The okay. one with yeah. How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days is is that's Kate, it. Okay. Is Kate Hudson with the other one who is I Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah and, and Briley, I, yeah, if i see him in the beard or the voices in these different parts and stuff but just going back there those big eyes and his nose and uh 
you know, he's even sexy as uh, Rocket the Raccoon. But uh, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, that's my crush. But Steven's the same way. I just, uh, I just, I, I love that little fella. Aww, so cute. You guys, thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of Bald and Bingeable here with D'Angelo. Um, make sure that you guys do look in the show notes. Do follow uh, for ticket information for all of Chris's parties that are going to be coming up this uh, summer and also throughout the year. This way you guys can follow him at Bear Night SD on Instagram. That's where you can get all the party information if you want to see his life. And even he did a Cribs tour of that Puerto Vallarta house, I remember, on his Instagram. And so you guys can find that at Chris Vance too. Uh-oh. That's T-O-O. Uh, and then you guys do also please look in the sh- uh, look over there too for Subwoofer and for Rages, the two San Diego Pride parties that are going to be happening on the Friday and Saturday evenings. Um, you guys will see me at that Saturday one, definitely. Um, and then on Sunday, I do have an, an event coming up here with Mr. Nelson that we're going to be doing a little afternoon tea dance situation, Latin hip hop kind of an uh, afternoon, something a little bit different. A lot of the other tea dances that are around are all doing like the house and techno and that sort of thing. And so we're offering something a little bit different. It is not a bear party. It is not a uh, Latin party. It's an everybody party, but we so happen to be playing Latin and hip hop. P.S. That party's called Super Susia Sunday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Bald and Bingeable today. And and good night from the lower level. Good night from the lower level. <laughs> <laughs>